On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food. What makes Smart Food so smart? It's Air Pop Popcorn, tossed in white cheddar cheese, only 70 calories per cup. A notorious black bag of popcorn deliciousness. You are what you eat. Welcome to the Smart Club. Shop now at snacks.com. Welcome to WrestleWolf. This is AEW Weekly. I am Dr. Damien Gibson. And joining me is a man who only deals in kayfabe. And why wouldn't you only deal in kayfabe with the week we've had? It's Matthew Kayfabe. Hey, Dr. Gibson. How are you going? I'm <laughs> good, man. I'm still not used to it. <laughs> addressed as a doctor you put the work in. i should be because i am a doctor of wrestling yeah. so you put the work in you should you know be proud of your achievement <laughs> i am proud of my doctor <laughs> my doctorate in kayfabe hey uh we don't really have time to bullshit man oh no um, we don't because there's so much to get through and um i just want to right off the top get you to say that i was right and that uh NWA and AEW have been in cahoots the whole time and the NWA was going to be the second show <laughs> and I'm just so happy that it's happening and uh, I, yeah I, no I was that, that was the only thing that annoyed me a little bit about <laughs> impact being uh, we'll just talk about it off the top let's, let's talk the about impact yeah the impact in AEW obviously have a working relationship, and depending on who you're a bigger fan of, mm. for the purposes of our podcast, we will say that Impact is for the time being AEW's second show. Um, I don't. My theory was correct. I just picked the wrong promotion. No, I don't. I actually don't think your theory was correct. <laughs> to be honest, I uh, think. I, I yeah, think what's happening is like we we just had. Um, Impact and NWA. We had Thunder Rosa, who's the, you know, still signed to NWA, still their probably mm-hmm. most famous female talent. Um, she yeah. was on this episode. Uh, obviously, Don Callis helped Kenny and then they plugged Impact and, you know, Kenny's going to appear on Impact. I think what what this is, is this is, it's the Territory Era's back, baby. This is not this is not mm. like impact is gonna be the subsidiary of AEW. I think it's just gonna be no. like every so often, like maybe Chris Bay is gonna appear and take on Darby Allen for the TNT title. Like, you know, maybe Donna Perizaro or like, you know, the, like the impact women's division is probably the best women's division in in America. Like this this could be mm. amazing for for AEW and you know then AEW can send talents over there every so often you know occasionally a storyline can run between shows and then and same thing with NWA like pretty like NWA is now back on YouTube um Thunder Rose is appearing on on Dynamite like this is great this is exactly what like Cody Rhodes would want because this is this is the territories like this is individual shows and if they do a deal with New Japan like the Bullet Club could be back together. Like you, you've got the you've got the Good Brothers on Impact. Impact. Yeah. You know, you've got 
the rest of the original Bullet Club on AEW, there's, you know, various people that, you know, that's obviously a New Japan property. Of, like, this is this is awesome. You could have Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. Yeah. Though. Like, I mean, you open up opportunities to ridiculous, like, you know, extended universe things like that, hmm. that, that that are crazy. You've got, you know. Like, crazy, good. You've got a battle royale. Like, do you have Ken Shamrock show up? He's signed to Impact. Like, RVD's not hmm. anymore, but like he was a minute ago. Probably it seems to have a fine relationship with them. Like, it'd be cool to see RVD, hmm. you know, take on someone that's, you know, someone like Brian Cage. Like, that would be sick. You know, you've got Moose, who's yeah. amazing. You've got Tet, like, Moose and Rich Swan, who I would be keen to see come across. You know, John Moxley versus Sammy Callahan could be absolutely disgusting. Um, the Motor City Machine Guns, the North. Yeah, they're like, awesome. Versus the Bucks. It's just that like, could be great. There's just so... Or FTR. Sue Young, um, the the sort of zombie, you know, Abaddon, but a little bit, uh, you know, more like a dead bride kind of thing. Like, there's just, mm. there's just so many opportunities. Um, I can't wait to see what happens. Like, I, I hope that they maintain the fact that they're different brands and that this isn't a major thing. And, you know, maybe in a year or two, they do a paper, a split pay-per-view where that, where it's, you know, Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega and, you know, down the card, Chris Bay versus Cody or whatever. Like, but right now, just occasionally having people show up as a surprise or like to come and do a storyline on either show is beneficial for wrestling. It is. Look, um, I'm here to watch Den- Don Catless run. Ooh. I just want to see Don Catless running uh, in any way possible. I haven't seen anyone run as hilariously as that since Buster Keaton. <laughs> uh, that that run from <laughs> AW Squared Circle to uh, the waiting car. And Jesus Christ, man, how quickly did that car... I mean, we'll get to all this, but that car literally looked like it was about to spin out of control. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's just crazy was rhino was rhino <laughs> driving that car Rikishi was um <laughs> but rhino once again yeah the, and it, i mean i don't need to see rhino i love Rhino. But, uh, i have such a big soft spot in my heart for rhino he's great. but this is this is like you know when ecw rocked up in wwe like it's you know no one's like you know impact i think gets one hundred and fifty thousand people watching it this dynamite nearly got a million people watching it um, mm. you know, they're on different levels, but that doesn't mean that, a, you know, I don't know. What's that? There's something about rising all tides. I don't know. Fucking hell. The moon. I don't know. All tides shall be risen. Uh, it rises all boats from the risen tide. I don't know. Yeah. Rising tides lift all boats. That's a better way to say it. Cause that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I was actually going to make a joke about a, uh, you know, an, uh, an independent cabal trying to take down uh, our glorious leader in uh, Vincent. Um, but I think that's genuinely what is happening. And I, and, and I, not to get too, I mean, because, you know, fuck Vince. But, like, there are enough people in all of these organizations who have been, even if... Like forgetting about how the territories were murdered and gutted and you know used to build the McMahon Empire, uh, there's enough people who just personally have been burnt by the McMahons. 
Yeah. Uh, that they would have no problem with doing business with each other if it means taking business away from from Vince. As a little sideline, I'm sure the number one mm. priority is like, well, well, let's just try and make a great product so we all make money. But if it happens to even just piss Vince off along the way, I'm sure there's plenty of people who would be happy for that to be a consequence mm. of their actions. But, but it's also know? like, you know, it... It is a big deal to have Kenny Omega rocking up on um, on Impact, sure. But, you know, it's a massive deal to have Cody going to NWA, for example. For You know, he just, like, if they're like, hey, we need to free up the card to have, you know, we're going to put more effort into, with, you know, a mid-card storyline with Lance Archer or whoever. And Cody, like, you know, it's good for you to have a, a month off. You know, you go to NWA. That's a massive deal. Like if Impact were to, you know, if John Moxley were to rock up and absolutely brain Sammy Callahan, and they, you know, had a match that they absolutely couldn't have on T T TBS TNT. Sorry, like that. That's a an incredible opportunity. Like, and it's and and you know, and the same thing is, you know, if yeah, if your mate Nick Aldis rocked up. Um, Thunder Rose, like I think the the yeah. biggest the biggest value at the moment is in the women's division for uh, AEW, but you know th- there are people like you know Damian Sandow is over at NWA. He could come and have a really fun Orange Cassidy storyline. Uh, it's Aaron Sorry. Stevens. Aaron Stevens uh, could have a really fun, uh, <laughs> really fun storyline. He could Cassidy. Um, you know, yeah, Rich Swan. I um, I was in a just mm. quickly on that. I was in a little Q and A uh, on uh, Instagram with Aaron mm. Stevens during the week, and not just me. There were <laughs> a lot of people in there, uh, but I did ask a couple. It wasn't just me and Aaron <laughs> hanging out, uh, but I did ask the question of like because he's a he is a NWA Tag Team Champion at the moment. And I asked if he would be defending those titles on AEW. And uh, he answered my question in a very kayfabe way, so you would have liked it. I've only he was like, we've only just won these titles. I don't, I shouldn't have to defend them anywhere. <laughs> I like it, which I thought was a great answer, and also sort of gave an insight into like, well, I'm not saying no. Mm. That's a yeah. I, I just think there's just so many opportunities, and particularly if if yeah, you know now. Are. When AEW launched, there were all these reports, and I hate these reports because they're not kayfabe, but that their that their relationship with New Japan wasn't that great. But like, you know, now AEW have established themselves, so it's actually beneficial for New Japan as well as AEW. Previously, it was beneficial for AEW to have you know access to New Japan. Now it's mm. beneficial for New Japan as well. Like this, this could be. Well, New Japan want to launch into America, right? Like, uh, I mean, I during uh, lockdown, I I took on the task of trying to get properly into New Japan wrestling, which is, uh, I mean, it's super fun to watch, but it's difficult because it's in a different language and, and there's, like, so much history behind Japanese wrestling and trying to get caught up and all that sort of thing. And so all the podcasts I listened to that were official New Japan stuff, it's that they were constantly talking about uh, New Japan USA mm. And there, just recently, there was the New Japan USA tournament that they so they they are trying to break into the American market. It would be a lot easier to piggyback off AEW and Impact mm. and NWA than it would be to try and go out on and their like, own. You know, hopefully, Ring of Honor 
you know, I don't. There's no negative for them to be involved. Yeah, don't leave Ring you know, They've got out. a couple of good wrestlers there. Like you know, but that's not f- Dan Housen. <laughs> and, Dan Housen. And, you know, like maybe this is <laughs> maybe this is the you know, like I think AEW made a statement this episode that is going to be almost impossible for uh, NXT to ever recover from. We'll see how it goes, but like this is, they now have free agent John Moxley running around. Um, you know who's not in the title picture. Hopefully, um, like you know maybe there's a another match, but like the idea that like Darby Allen could come out and you know then Dalton Castle comes out, like that would be cool. Um. There's just the opportunities are just endless. Like when you think about it, not endless, but yeah, man. The, essentially, what AEW has done this week with Impact uh, and and previously with NWA and still currently with NWA and hopefully Ring of Honor, New Japan, all that kind of stuff, uh, is they're they're an open source wrestling mm. company now, and WWE are a Mac. You can yeah. only you know like it's a closed interface, whereas like. Now, when you're watching AEW, you don't know who's going to... Sh- like, well, that's... You genuinely don't know. I mean, it look, it could just be this mm. angle, right? It could just be this Kenny Omega, Don Callis angle, and maybe we're both getting a little t- too mm. excited. But well, I mean, Thunder Rose has been appearing it, there for, it's like, you know... Yeah. Yeah. Weeks now, yeah. But it does genuinely open up. Like, the idea of a... And I know it's a WWF... Uh, IP before people jump down my throat, but the idea of like a Survivor mm. Series pay per view, you know, NWA versus Impact versus AEW, holy shit, <laughs> you know, like, and that's a real, that's a real possibility now, you know, and people will buy mm. that pay per view, and, and also just it just super cool, you know, it's it's WWE have done a lot to try, like, you know, they obviously saw that their product was stagnating. And they've spent a lot of time trying to build their own territory system. But no one's interested in SmackDown versus Raw as a storyline. You know, NXT uh, versus Raw, no one's interested. You know, if Adam Cole shows up in the Royal Rumble, it's cool. But you're like, oh, yeah, he's a contracted WWE talent. Like last year. Sorry, man. Sorry to talk over the top. I just like just to play devil's advocate, and I know we both are big fans mm. of WWE. Last year's Survivor Series, where they did do NXT versus SmackDown versus Raw, was actually booked pretty well, only because NXT were involved in Survivor Series for the but, first. But time. you're also you're asking people to suspend their disbelief and be like, okay, I go for Raw. Like it worked sort of with NXT because there was a small group of fans that do go for NXT and don't give a fuck about Raw. Well, yeah, it worked last year because the way they booked it was that we're the baby, we're the baby show, mm. we're the newest show, we're the developmental show, but we're actually more than that. None of you guys give us any credence. So it was essentially NXT versus SmackDown yeah. Raw. So I didn't mind that, but you are right. I mean, this year was an absolute joke when they literally had a draft three weeks before Survivor Series. So the people who were one week were talking about Survivor Series as being on Team SmackDown. Literally the next week we're on mm. Team Raw. It just delegitimizes any kind but it, of yeah, no, but anyway, it's sorry, but it's also like it's, we're now in a say. position where you know when AEW has a battle royale, 
like, yeah, maybe people like Rich Swan again, or, or Moose, or you know, maybe Nick Aldis, mm. you know, and and that those are ones that they have that relationship with, obviously. And then, you know, maybe Kenta's going to turn up at some point. You know, there's a whole bunch of people yeah, that just if 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 they do build this, Evil. yeah, if they so do cool. build this sort of actual territory system that's awesome and like because a guy like tony khan is obviously just massively needlessly wealthy and just cares about wrestling and it's like amazing yeah i know it's so it's so nice it's so nice to uh and it's yeah um i mean don Callis and chris jericho are like mm. Best best mates. So I mean, obviously, it would be weird that they, if there wasn't a working relationship between the two companies, but and Kenny Omega and Don Callis's relationship as well. So, um, but you know, I mean, now that we've seen that NWA and AEW can do it, and now it, you know, I can't. I literally cannot wait for choose. Like, I can't wait for yeah. an episode of Impact. That's like you know, that's amazing. I mean, uh, not amazing because I know Impact have been doing good stuff, and I keep hearing from people like, oh, you should check mm. out Impact, man. It's really good. Um, which I will be doing on Tuesday, and so will be a lot. I mean, I I legitimately signed up to Impact Plus as soon as I Me finished too. watching Dynamite. Um, so yeah, I I can't wait. Even if it is just the one storyline, it's still ingenious storytelling. And um, but yeah, we should probably go through Dynamite. Yes, we real probably quick, should. Yeah? Um, man, what an episode! Is this the best episode yes. of Dynamite? This is absolutely the yeah, best episode. It is, right? Cool. You guys can you can stop listening now. We just did what we should have done <laughs> at the end of the beginning. <laughs> anyway, the first match we had was the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. I've been a little bit uh, critical of uh, AEW's Battle Royals uh, previously, only because they are old school Battle Royals where basically everyone just starts um, in the ring or around the ring. And, and it just, I don't know, it always just sort of feels very sort of cluttered. This one didn't as much. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I thought this was, look, you know, you're never going to get a five-star Tokyo Dome, you know, match out of a battle royal. But this, look, this Melts was this was enjoyable. There was a bunch of different storylines. I liked that Sean Spears sort of embarrassed himself and then, you know, everyone sort of moved. Like, you know, they're not trying to build up someone like that. Um, like, I, I just thought it was perfectly enjoyable. Um it did exactly what it needed to do and probably isn't one of the things we need to massively interrogate of this episode. <laughs> yeah, I just, there's a couple of things. Uh, Hangman Page and Dark Order, thoughts? Um, I mean, if the Dark Order's sort of moving away from Brody Lee, which, I mean, he hasn't been on TV for a while, like maybe he's going to come back and it'll all sort of be the same, but it looks like it's very they're very much turned into John Silver's comedy group. Um, which is great. Like, I think having Hangman have a little, you know, uh, mid-card few or sort of, you know, interactions where, you know, John Silver really, really likes him and is desperately trying to get him in and he's just sort of like a bit creeped out by them. I think that's great. That's fun. Like, that's a good way to use <laughs> Hangman for a few months until he's ready to come and take the title off Kenny Omega. As usual, you're kind of turning me around on... Uh, things I, I don't like while I was watching I was like no I don't I don't want Hangman Page anywhere near the Dark Order the stank of the Dark Order has already 
um, like I know you'll make some smart ass comment about Cole Cabana, but it's already I mean Cole Cabana doesn't exist anymore and uh Brody Lee's not on TV. So I, I just anyone that they've tried to you know, co op into and I know John Silver is essentially the only person who's got over in this. Yeah. So, like, just let him. What's what I think like, but let know. him continue being the face. Of the but that's. I, I mean, I hope they do. But I mean, if the storyline becomes Hangman is going to join the Dark Order and becomes like the leader of the Dark Order or whatever, that's a bad storyline. You know, the only mm. the only other thing that could be useful, like you know, if they're going to use Hangman as he attacked John Moxley behind the scenes, which is still sort of the other, like that's a good storyline for him to go into. But otherwise, like yeah. he's not really doing anything right now. He's not, we don't, you want to sort of build him up a little bit more before he comes after Kenny and you probably want him to be able to beat Kenny. And like that's, you know, Kenny needs a bit of time with the title, particularly this character who's just fantastic. Um, Having him with John, like just having John Silver following him around and being a pain in his ass is a good use of television time. Mm. Like it'd be funny. Mm. It gives, it shows mm. Hangman can, that sort of, he, that his other side, as well as being this sort of, it's, it's yeah, better than. Yeah, that's true. He can, he can do good comedy. He, he spent eight months being like a neurotic, depressed, uh, alcoholic cowboy. So like it might be nice to have a bit of like feel good Hangman stuff. If we must have some entertainment, Matthew, I suppose <laughs> that's fine. You're just like, why uh, can't that he dress up like he's a cowboy? Why can't John Silver be a garbage man? Why don't they have jobs? <laughs> <laughs> I know you. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Look, garbage men are bad. If I've learned anything <laughs> from Vince McMahon, is that <laughs> garbage men are bad. <laughs> John oh. Silver's bad. He should be dressed up as a garbage man. <laughs> I mean, that just—that's just that's just, re- that's just psychology one <laughs> Matt. I mean, I'm, I apologize. Um. <laughs> 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 uh, I don't. I just think I know it's 2020, so I just want to clarify. I don't think garbage people. Garbage oh, people. There we I go. don't think garbage. I don't think garbage. I don't think garbage men or women are garbage people. <laughs> I think you. I think there's going to be a way for you to get cancelled off that, but I'm not going to go into it. Oh, fine, whatever. It's happening every week now. Orange Cassidy um, and MJF <laughs> win. Orange Cassidy looked fucking great at the end of this, right? What do you mean? You say that like you're surprised. Well, it's been a little. He's the greatest wrestler since Bret Hart. He's not, but the um, I'm not even going to rise to the Bret Hart thing, but he's not the greatest wrestler since Bret Hart. <laughs> um, but no, no, man, <laughs> he looked. There's a certain. He needs a certain set of circumstances to look really, really great. And he mm. looked really... Like him being scrappy, fight-back little guy is always really yeah. good and it worked really well. Um, and him versus MJF um, is going to be fun. He... Uh, in the ring, he actually... I mean, this is going to be a weird comparison and you'll just be like, oh my God. He reminds me of Daniel Bryan in that sense. I I a hundred percent agree. Like he he needs to be he needs to be the underdog. Yeah. Like that's almost like once Daniel Bryan became champion, it's like oh, well, what do you what do you what do you mm. do with him now? <laughs> because you know, like 
I mean, everyone reveled in it for about a month. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe he actually is champion. And then it was like, oh, we should probably take the belt off him so he can be an underdog mm. again. And I think Orange Cassidy's probably got the same sort of thing in ring, definitely. Um, but also even maybe as a character. Yeah. Just because of his size and stuff. But yeah. That's a really good point, I think. And I think like just him versus MJF is perfect. Like particularly like Orange Cassidy doesn't give a yeah. shit about a diamond ring. And MJF gives a shit about yeah, everything. Really yeah, does. Like it's yeah, great. It's great. <laughs> like hopefully this lasts for hopefully Orange Cassidy wins and this lasts for a while. Yeah, for sure. These two would do amazing work together. And even if we only get a little taste of it and, mm. and they give it to us later on, um, I'm cool with that too. But I kind of I want it now because I'm a wrestling fan and we're all selfish pigs. Uh, next, we've got uh, Dr. Britt Baker, um, a, a, a colleague of mine, uh, versus Layla Hirsch. Don't, Do you know don't we about? next have something that we don't need to talk about at all, but we should just mention that it happened? Uh, Demo God Chris Jericho versus Frankie Kazarian. No, that's next. Is it? I thought that happened. In the- that's what I've got. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Next, we're going to talk about <laughs> Dr. Britt Baker versus legit, Layla Legit Layla Hirsch. Do I don't know anything about Layla Hirsch. Is she... Like, they were talking about how she's big in the indies and blah, 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 blah. I've, blah. I've never seen her before. I thought she looked really good. She's visually interesting because she's so short. Um, mm. I, I loved it. Like, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good match. Um, I think Britt Baker is... The best thing, um, other than Thunder Rosa in the women's division at the moment, um, and like yeah. she's obvious, like she she's having good matches, which is great. Yeah, and we got we got our wish of Thunder Rosa beating down <sighs> Britt Baker uh, at the end of this match, setting up the feud that we wanted. Well, I mean, it's only been for a couple of weeks, so I mean, TK has been pretty quick on the outtake for that for us. I yeah. think we asked for it last week and he's given it to us this week. So it can't be too... Uh, we can't complain too much, but I can't... I don't have enough money to give to Tony Khan to watch this uh, To watch This, this is great. Like, And it's it also just shows, like, you know, it's hard... Like, AEW's women's division is definitely still criticisable, but we've got two legitimately interesting feuds going on. Like, we've got Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa, which is in the top echelon of feuds on the show, and we've got Abaddon mm-hmm. versus uh, Hikaru Shida, which is also, like, really interesting. Like, Abaddon... Just as much yeah. into that. As Abaddon well. is probably the most interesting character they've had in that in that title picture. Um yeah, well, we might as well talk about that now as well. So, like, Sheeta cut a promo later on in the show, uh, basically where she was asked by uh, Brian Al- Brian Alvarez. No, that's the um, no Brian Brian Alvarez wrote the WCW book. Yeah, and now I've got Miguel Alvarez in my head, who I think is a character from a book <laughs> as a child that got killed. Um, you sure, it's not Brian no, Alvarez? it's it's um, oh, what's it? No, Brian Alvar- Alvarez wrote the book. Miguel Alvarez is the child from the, uh, the that new Nicole Kidman show that um, whose mother gets killed. Uh, no, he's not. Miguel Alvarez is the is the guy from Oz, um, who anyway burns the eyes. It's it's fucked. What Miguel Alvarez does, watch Oz. Um, what's that guy's name? This we spent way too long. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's it's like I know it's not coming to me either. Anyway. Uh, 
the guy, you all know the guy that we're talking about. Uh, he's the guy that ran after Don Callis. <laughs> just came out of nowhere. <laughs> I can't wait to get to that. Uh, I. <laughs> Are you sure it's not? I'm almost a hundred percent sure it's not. No, no, it's Alvarez. not. Eric Bischoff did this where he like totally reamed um, this guy, and and Conrad was really confused. <laughs> And then realised that he'd mixed him up. Oh, my God. It's me and Eric are the same <laughs> fucking old man just yelling at random people. You! You're the AEW person. Anyway, Sheeta was asked, uh, you seem to be a little bit taken aback by Abaddon last week. And Sheeta actually got to do a promo where she got to do some acting. And she was like, no, I'm not afraid of Sheeta. And then there was a crash in the background. She kind of jumped. Then she asked if... They could do the interview Alex again. Marvez. Uh, shoot. Alex Marvez. See, I told you it was Alex Marvez. <laughs> Alex Marvez is asking her that. And then there was a, a crash. Uh, Sheeta jumps. Uh, Marvez said, uh, she asked if she could do it again. Marvez says, no, we're live. Uh, and then she goes, I got to go. And ran off. And I really like this. this. I've been asking for this. Well, we both have. But we've been, like, we've been asking for this for two months of like... If she is your champion, you obviously believe in her, right? Give her a go to cut some promos. You did it this time. Like you've actually given her a chance to do it. I thought she was I thought she was great. I mean, obviously English is her second language, but this promo was great. It was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. It's- um and I can't and they're building up Abaddon by not having her mm. on the show. Like she pops out, scares the fuck out of people. You've just got to show that photo of her. Which they did constantly yeah. <laughs> throughout this episode to build her up. It's great. Um, next up, we had uh, well on out on my rundown anyway. Uh, we've got uh, Frankie Kazarian versus Chris Jericho. We don't need to talk uh, about this, do we? You want to talk no. about this? <laughs> I could because neither do I. Um. I suppose we can talk about what happened at the end, right? That Yeah, I'm not I'm not even interested in MJF that, but we do and, we have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, so MJF and, and 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 Sammy have been sort of going head to head. Um you know, Sammy doesn't want MJF to anyway, the inner circle almost have a fight. Jericho gets on the microphone because I know when I'm trying to break up a fight amongst my friends, I make sure I grab a microphone to to tell everybody what I'm doing. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just sort of teasing wrestling there. Um, and says that uh, essentially the other six members of the Inner Circle need to sort out their shit. Um, and if they can't come to an agreement by next week, the Inner Circle will break up. Uh, and I want them to. Yeah, uh, you know, who cares? Like, it's a bit weird that you run this MJF join storyline and then you end it within two weeks. But like... You know, so I imagine they're not the inner circle's not ne- gone next week, but obviously this is the no. breakup storyline beginning. I'm almost certain they're going to break off into two groups. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Uh, which I'm cool. I'm yeah, down with yes. uh, inner circle Hollywood and in circle inner circle Wolfpack. Yep, love it. All we got to do is get Kevin Nash eating pasta. On, uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the show. <laughs> Have a little Google of that, brother friends. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Oh, You've got it. It's the most disgusting. Like, it's disgusting, then it's hilarious, <laughs> then it's disgusting, and then it's hilarious. <laughs> um, we, I have to actually uh, 
Mafu from Botchamania is the, the person who has been sharing that around all over the place. I can't take credit for I feel like if I if we say this on our podcast and then people listen to Cultaholic podcasts as well, they'll be like, they're just stealing ah. their stuff. So the reason why Matt and I were sharing that is because of, because of Cultaholic. So cool. <laughs> everyone cool? We're cool. Uh, all right. Next, we've got uh, Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen versus Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks. Uh, I really enjoyed this match. Kind of makes sense that Cody and and uh, Darby Allen get the win. But there's it's the aftermath of this match is probably what, and I'm amazed that neither of us have spilt the beans yet. <laughs> but um, I am legitimately getting sting, 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 uh, it- the sting, not sting from the police, sting. WCW's the good sting, Stone Cold after Stone Cold Steve Austin, WCW's Undertaker, uh, the the franchise is on AEW, and he looks good, man, for his age. It uh, it was probably the best moment in Dynamite history, um. Like I don't think like I think he got pretty badly injured with the Seth Rollins thing. Like I think he's like apparent like his neck is done. Like he's not going to be wrestling. I'm not going to be taking bumps. Like and that's fine because you know I think the last time we saw Sting in WWE, uh, you know they had heaps of file footage of him, but the, but the Sting that was there was, hey, this is the one guy that matters that that hasn't wrestled for us. Um, and that was, that was his character. It was the, you know, he, he, his character was that he hadn't wrestled for WWE. Um, you know, he's the last mm. holdout from the last great era of professional wrestling. Um, what his actual character is, is he is the, the, the moral guide of professional wrestling. Like, you know, he spent years and years getting screwed over by, Rick Flair and you know we joke about it on our WCW podcast you know he const Lex Luger um Hulk Hogan you know he believes people and then gets fucked over by them and then he turns into this guy who doesn't have a heel or face alignment who hangs around with a baseball bat and when someone does something he doesn't think is right he hits him with the baseball bat um you know that he is the moral arbiter of professional wrestling outside the WWE and it is like such a meaningful thing to have him if he's going to be a television character to just have him you know re- particularly where they are playing with sort of face and heel alignments and people being a little bit shady and all this kind of stuff like having mm. sting just appear to stop a beatdown or sting appear you know sting standing there looking at Arn Anderson you know Arn Anderson's been the most boring veteran that they've had so far and yeah. you get the you're like oh shit yeah they are Arn anderson's not a good guy cody's not really a good guy like yeah this is this is this is a reminder that like hey there's a lot of stuff going on here and now we have someone to sort of cut through the bullshit and it's awesome <laughs> like it's just it's amazing I, I can't i can't express how excited i am by this but i hope i am i am expressing it no i think you're doing a really good job uh, I think I can't really add 
uh, I can't really add anything to what Matthew just said. I think that's perfectly put, and that's the role that he will will play. He's uh, signed a multi year deal, so um, the only other I, I was just gonna, the only thing I was going to add is that we've seen with the Undertaker in WWF that uh, like when done correctly, cinematic matches are a way around mm. um, physical limitations. So, and Sting's character very much lends himself to those kind of things anyway. But anyway, but I'm not sure. Um, is there anyone in AEW right now that you're like, oh, I'd really like to see Sting? Like you know, there like a little bit like you know, oh, you know, wouldn't it be great for Sting to win the TNT title or something like that? But like, is there? A, there's no yeah. one that you'd be sort of chomping at the bit to see him get in the ring at 61 and wrestle. No, maybe not in the ring. But I think a cinematic match between Chris Jericho and uh, Sting could be pretty cool. Uh, I was going to say Matt Hardy, but I think Sting's probably yeah, above a deletion match. I don't really want to see Sting running around Matt Hardy's backyard getting firecrackers fired no. up and stuff. And I think um, AEW... I think the role that you... No, I was going to say, I think the role that you've um, uh, prescribed to him is perfect. Um, and we'll get a pop every single time he comes And I think out. it's very hard to say, like, AEW know what to do with veterans. That's been one of their strengths, is that they look at the veteran, they look at the character, and that they've done a really good job of saying, okay, Jake Roberts being with this maniac, you know, giant guy and, you know, sitting in the middle of the woods watching him kill people and stuff. Like, that's Jake Roberts. That's what Jake <laughs> Roberts would do. That's like, you know... <laughs> That's it. having Taz be sort of this Brooklyn, you know, all these muscled up sort of technical wrestlers, Hustler, you know, who sometimes yeah. he snaps himself and, you know, Taz missions someone. And, you know, that like they've done a, and uh, Arn as a coach ha- has been really dull and sort of unnecessary. But, you know, if they're going to move a bit more to Arn as Arn. And you know T- Tully with uh, FTRs really great. Like they've they've done they really they they're good mm. at saying well this is what your character is this is what you mean to professional wrestling and this is what you're going to mean to these younger guys and give your rub to them. And just having Sting as essentially a non-official yeah. official is a really clever way to do it and a really sort of different and interesting way to do it. And having Sting on TNT on Wednesday nights is amazing. It's just it just is so yeah. meaningful. Uh, yeah, it's um, I I said to you during the week, it's the closest thing to uh, it's the closest it's having having seeing Sting on T on TNT, uh, in twenty twenty is the closest thing to seeing a Fitzroy Football Club play football again, mm. which is a team that we both used to play for yeah. but don't exist anymore. It's just this weird sort of thing that it's like oh, like I mean, it's not WCW. And we joke around about that a lot. And I don't want AEW no. to be WCW. I want it to be its own thing. But I love the the constant sort of tip of the hat and, and respect that uh, AEW show for WCW. Uh, I think wins a lot of friends. It definitely wins mm. friends with me and Matthew. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> and this was just another... Um, you know, they've had Eric Bischoff on. Chris Jericho is obviously you know, one of the main guys. But I was just thinking about it, like the way that they've used Eric Bischoff has been perfect. Yeah, you know, like you know, he shows up to moderate. He talks. What's Eric Bischoff really good at? Mm. Talking. So when they need someone to talk, who appears? Eric Bischoff. Like they utilize people 
They utilize people's strengths, and that's why the show is so much fun to watch. But anyway, I can't wait to see what happens. Sting's on this week, and he will speak. So it'll be interesting to see what and like um, what comes of. You know, we don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they're going to come out and have Sting cut a promo in the ring. I suspect they might not. I suspect that Sting's not going to speak next week. I think that he might come down and make an appearance and make his presence felt and not speak. Because, like, you know, Sting is better the less he says in many ways. He did some really good stuff. When he walked up to Darby Allen in the ring and, like, looked at Mm. each side of Darby Allen's face, like, I really, I was like, holy shit, like, Sting... Sting can yeah. act a bit. You know? <laughs> like, he's really... I mean, obviously, he's sort of been playing that role for, what, 25 years now. But, um, I mean, there's people who've been playing the same role for 25 years and they get worse at it. If anyone's seen Rambo Last Blood... You'll <laughs> but, I mean, also, like, the other thing is... And, th- and this is just a side thing, really. But Sting was in TNA, in Impact, in 2003 looking like the sting that we all remember from the the 90s from 2000 like you know that mm. and if they can use any of that archival footage you know just to if they need to do a sting promo pack at any point which maybe you don't need to but they probably have access to you know they can probably pay to be able to do that um you know no for sure well i mean the they're sister companies now, so <laughs> I'm like, sure yeah. it'll be fine. Uh, let's get to that. We, I mean, we're almost going to gloss over a really good match and and changing of the title to talk about what we talked about at the top of the show. But we had the the reason why we're all here. The AEW. I mean, it was. I had to sort of take a breath for a second after Sting. You know, I was like, Jesus Christ. And then we've got uh, you know world championship match between John Moxley and Kenny Omega, that Kenny Omega wins after about was it a hundred and four victories? Do you think this was um, the best <laughs> match on Dynamite ever? Like I think the end was a little bit overbooked. Yeah, it's but... probably my f- maybe a touch. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, like, mm. I'll remember it. I'll definitely remember it. The things that I remember so far is the um, Moxley smashing the champagne, like the bubbly bottle over mm. Chris Jericho's head, the forming of the inner circle. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, Cody Rhodes winning the TNT title. And now this match. So it's probably... Yeah, like as far as heavyweight, as far as the heavyweight championship matches are concerned, it's the one that I think will stick mm. out to me going forward. It was a, I really liked how long it took for the match mm. to build up. I liked the fact that Kenny won in a heelish manner um, with Don Callis essentially handing him a microphone to mm. split John Moxley open with um, and getting the win from there. And then we got to see Kenny Omega and Don Callis do one of the funniest <laughs> runs I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Uh, I mean, I was loving every second of it. It was so villainous and 1920s, mm. you know, mustachioed <laughs> villain, like, <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> I've forgotten the, I've forgotten Alex the Marvez. reporter's name again. 
Alex Marvev's literally coming out from behind a dumpster to <laughs> to chase. Like I was them. eating my lunch out here. I, I mean, I was like, oh, oh, yeah. Like you know, he stubs a cigarette <laughs> and starts running after them. Uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, you've got to suspend your disbelief a little bit when stuff like that happens. But also, I mean, that that's the kind of if people who have been listening from the start that will definitely know this about me that's the kind of stuff that i love about wrestling i mean besides the besides besides impact and dynamite now having like a like they're in each other's universes like they're Mm. you know they've crossed over just the idea of kenny omega running out (laughs) of the you know like having someone from impact help him and then just running out of the arena, having a car waiting, like having all of this set up and no one's <laughs> noticed. No one's gone. Why is that car running in the car park? That seems a little suspicious. Uh, you know, them just telling Tony Khan to get <laughs> fucked as, he, as they run past it. Tony Khan he looked did, about yeah. 12 in that as well, by the way. <laughs> it looked like someone's kid. Uh, it's like, all right, you just wait here at the gorilla position. I'll pick you up after the match. And he just started producing the show. I, I loved all of this. I really did. I've been kind of critical of Dynamite the last few weeks and a bit grumpy about it. And um, uh, I did the AEW show on my own last night at last week and was quite sort of critical. Um, and I, yeah, th- this is the best episode they've done in ages. Of this show, this match was amazing. Um, I didn't really realize that I wanted that I would enjoy a John Moxley, Kenny Omega match so much, um, but I I really did. And, and if I if I didn't respect Kenny Omega as much as I probably should have before all of this, I definitely. I mean, I was I was starting to become a convert, but I'm, after this match, I'm I'm hundred percent like this all in. <laughs> that's that's the end. That's it. That's that's the end of the episode. Um, I think his character at the moment is so good and it's the first time since AEW's launch that I've been, like, really engaged in Kenny Omega. Um, Like, he's just such a prick and it's fantastic. And, like, yeah, I can't wait. Like, I think John Moxley's ready-made, got a... He's been screwed out of the title and someone's bashed him backstage. So he's got a something to go into without having to have, you know without, you know, either disappearing or having to have some other, you know, confected storyline. He's got one lined up. And they're really good at, like, Mm. not always good at challengers losing and having something lined up, but they're pretty good when champions lose at having something else lined up for them that's not just keep competing for the title. Yeah. I mean, he may take a break, seeing that his, um, his wife Renee is pregnant. He's also got New Japan business he ne- he needs to take care of. Mm. I mean, it's not the end. Like, it, it's, you know, if... I wouldn't be surprised if in the next couple of weeks he gets beaten up backstage again and he's like, you know, what the fuck? Like, and, you know, then he goes off, does NJ New Japan for a little while, does... I don't think they would write him off as being too injured to compete given they seem to take the rest of the wrestling world into account and so they're not yeah. going to write a guy who's competing somewhere else off. But, you know, they, he might say, well, you know, AEW can get bent because, like, you know, I assume he would use cool terms like get bent. Um, <laughs> they can eat, they can eat my shorts. Um, <laughs> Don't have a cow, man. I'm just going to New Japan. I can't believe Sting's in AEW. 
like I've, I'm, I'm an just, underachiever and proud of it, man. <laughs> the network, you know, Cyrus from ECW has has stolen the uh, the the title, the AEW title. John Kenny Omega's about to be on Impact Wrestling. I have an Impact Wrestling subscription. I know. Uh, if you told me four days ago that I would have an Impact subscription, I'd be like, "Nah, probably won't." If If you told me four <laughs> days ago that moments that 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 I would have already ordered the Sting T-shirt from AEW, I would be like, Sting's oh, really? "Sting doesn't wrestle in <laughs> AEW." I don't even like the shirt. I was just like, "Well, gotta have this one." <coughs> Yeah, Don't know where I'm going to wear it. I, I need to buy something from AEW. I haven't really supported them as far as merch is concerned, but um, I have a. Yeah. I have a. Once my Danhausen stickers show up that I ordered months ago. <laughs> by the way, Danhausen, if you're listening, can I get my stickers, please? <laughs> um, then I'll I'll invest in an American wrestling uh, promotions uh, merchandise because I've I'm, I feel like I'm getting burnt. By well, I've got a Ring of Honor star, Dan. <laughs> I've I've got a Butcher and the Blade T-shirt and a Brett Baker T-shirt, so I'm uh and it's now a Sting T-shirt coming. <laughs> the three obvious choices. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, <laughs> if they could be a faction. <laughs> Imagine that. Even if, even like twelve months ago, if you were like. Hey, dude, uh, you're going to have a Butcher in the Blade, Britt Baker, and Sting AEW t-shirts. If <laughs> There's you, no way that you would... If you had have said that it. when AEW launched, I'd be like, I can promise you I won't. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's just, I don't know, it's just so exciting to see what's going to happen. It yeah. feels like a brave new world, so it's probably not. Yeah, it but, really does. You know, no, no. Like, let's not let's not be negative until negative things actually happen. This was a really positive episode. Mm. I love the fact that rest, uh, you know American wrestling promotions outside of the empire are, are, are working together. It's the not not that I'm the grandfather of wrestling or anything like that, but like they kind of have to because uh, not that many people are watching wrestling at the moment. So I mean, mm. there, I mean, there was almost a million people watching AEW on the during the week, but compared to you know the glory days of the Attitude Era and WCW, where you had you know seven, eight, nine million people tuning into an episode, um, mm. you know, we kind of need to get eyeballs back on. Well, this feels like just wrestling in general. You know, <laughs> when you look at the split this week, and like maybe it goes back to normal next week, but you're talking about nine hundred and fifty thousand, I think, versus uh, for AEW versus six hundred thousand for uh, NXT. It feels like this might be for a little while. NXT might be sitting a fair bit lower. Um, I think so, but yeah. we'll we'll see. I mean, and just quickly, next week they've announced. Like it's awesome. Like the the show they've announced already is great. So it's it's the Young Bucks versus the Hybrid Two for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. That's going to be. Awesome. I think that's for a shot at the titles, man. I think if Hybrid Two win that, then they get another oh, shot okay. at the titles. Um, MJF versus Orange Cassidy for the Dynamite for the Dynamite Diamond. Uh, oh, Dustin. I really hope Orange Cassidy oh. wins that, so he has to wear it all the time. It's just a great thing. Um, Dustin Rhodes versus 10, which I know you'll be excited by. Um, yeah. I imagine that one's that one might fall Gee, off. I hope the Nightmare family and Dark Order punch on. <laughs> You're about to start to feel real good, though, because 
FTR, I didn't know about this until I looked up the card that's been announced. FTR versus the Varsity Blondes. Oh, sweet. Yeah, Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah, baby. Griff Garrison can get fucked, but Brian Pillman Jr. is finally on. It's a, I don't know. Griff Garrison's all right, man. <laughs> it's hard. So Griff, I like Griff Garrison, um, but I, I love Brian Pillman Jr. And he needs to be on the main show. <laughs> God damn it. Which well, you've done, get- Tony Khan. So I don't know why I'm getting upset. Thank and you. And then. Uh, Thank you. Please, please, God, uh, sir, uh, Tony Khan, <laughs> sir, please uh, don't. Uh, Hmm. Uh, uh, Brian Pillman, good, thank you. And, and the and we've got Lance Archer and the Lucha Brothers versus Eddie Kingston and the Butcher and the Blade, which is going to be Ooh. sick. Eddie Kingston and the Furious Five. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that match is is great. I thought that Eddie Kingston. We didn't even mention that Eddie Kingston came out at the end mm. while yeah. John Moxley was rolling around in blood and was like, "I want you now, Lance Archer. I want you now." <laughs> that was I loved that they did that. I was like. What yeah. the fuck is this? Not the end of the. We're still going. How can how can Kenny Omega and Don Callis running, which is <laughs> the best? Thing. I'm actually going to go and watch that again. Um, not be the end of the show. You got Eddie Kingston coming. I I know we don't have a heap of time, um, and we we do need to end this episode. But I just want to say that they opened the world title match saying there was half an hour of the show left, and they said, uh. This is a 60-minute time limit, which all world titles are, matches are, and if we go longer, we've got agreement from uh, TNT TNT. to stay on on the air. I was like, that's... Rather than showing RoboCop. But, like, but it just, like, obviously they didn't. (laughs) No, it's great. Like, they obviously didn't have that agreement from TNT. Maybe they did, but, like, they knew they weren't going to use it at this point. And, yeah. But it was like, you're just like, that is such a cool thing because you're, you're saying like, yeah, there's a 60 minute time limit. If it goes 45 minutes, we'll be here for that extra 15. Like, it's just, it's that yeah. little kind of touch where you're just like, that is good storytelling. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Uh, you know, we, we're watching it on fight after the fact. So we're all smarky. I'm like, well, I think you'll find it'll go for 31 minutes, my friend. But yeah, no, if you're watching a, if you're watching it live, then yeah, you might be, you'd be like, oh mm. man, I was really looking forward to watching Mean Girls again on TNT. <laughs> well, it's just like, you know, this TNAW era is very exciting. Ever yeah. like, yeah. All right. It's starting to turn out to be no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Shut up. I'm agreeing with you. Like, um, this is turning out to be what we would hope it would be. Right? Mm. Is that it would be this coalition of wrestling that whatever's best for wrestling, not to try and yeah. Well, fuck it. Let's steal their stupid catchphrase. Whatever's best for business. <laughs> Will do, you know what I mean? But what is actually best for business, mm. not what's best for the McMahons it, and Helmsley. It was wonderful. Um, yeah. we got to get out of here, man. Yeah, let's stop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really enjoyed this episode, man. Uh, get an Impact Plus subscription. Yeah. Uh, watch watch Impact. Uh, thank God I became a Patreon of NWA so I get Shockwave a day early <laughs> because I wouldn't be able to watch everything at once. Um, that was kind of a little ad for NWA. Um, if you want to know what I thought of Shockwave, it's literally the episode before this one in the feed. Go and listen to it. Uh, it was fine. Um, we'll, yeah, I go into it in a lot more detail in that episode. Um, that will be happening every week. We've got our AEW show, which you guys are obviously listening to. A whole bunch of NW, a whole bunch of 
WCW con- uh, content. Um, and as of January, we'll start doing uh, ECW content as well, which is super exciting. Mm. And we still haven't really had a conclusive discussion about whether we will do Impact or not. We probably will just do it on the AEW yeah. show, right? Well, it's 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 we might be hurtling towards whether we combine. I don't know whether we do a weekly wrap. I don't know. We're gonna have to talk about that off air. I mean, and I've got my. Um, 10 episode um sort of wrestle wolf presents allentown um the story of billy joel um that's i'm hoping to have that i'm just waiting on billy's people to let me know um because i'm hoping they obviously get some exclusives with him um on there so we're hoping february or march that should be that should be done by um so that's wrestle wolf presents allentown um it'll be on this feed but it'll also be its own feed obviously (laughs) that's good Cool. Uh, well, as Matthew Kayfabe goes into business for himself. <laughs> I just want to be uh, a big shot, there, don't but, I? Uh, yeah, well, it's your life, man. Uh, <clears throat> so <laughs> you, you sailed down that river of dreams. Oh. And on that... <laughs> don't, don't spoil the last episode of Allentown. <laughs> it would be. It would be. Anyway, uh, we know we're going to end up doing... A Billy Joel podcast. (laughs) Anyway, I have to stop laughing and I have to go because I've got stuff I have to do and so do you. Uh, This has been a pleasure. Brother friends, if you want to follow us on socials, do so. You can send us an email. All that information is on the internet. Look it up. You know how to do it. You're smart people. Um, And until next time, Pepe is dead, brother friends.